I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week I have the unique pleasure of walking and talking with incredible women who share their tactical tips, advice, and a bit of their personal journey in this unique format. Nope, it's not a super polished, professionally produced podcast. It's a conversation between two women while they're out walking that you get to be a part of. So lace up your sneakers and head out the door with us. Welcome to 99 Walks Walk and Talk. Hey everyone, Joyce here. Welcome to today's Walk and Talk, where our guest is Celia Rayo Visconti. She is the Chief Brand Officer at the Pro Age Woman, a digital magazine for women just like us, which we will talk a bit about. Celia hails from the world of high fashion, where she worked for several decades at the C-suite level, predominantly in marketing and brand building, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and all of the things, including one of my favorite subjects, reinvention. So, Celia, mm. welcome. Thank you so much. This is, um, like I said to you, baby's first podcast. So, to you know, just bear with me as I struggle through this. Although talking isn't so, really an issue for me, so I'll be fine. <laughs> I was just going to say that you and I have yeah. chatted in the past, yes. and it became very clear from our very first conversation that, yeah, chatting and sharing our thoughts and philosophies and experiences, definitely not a problem. So to put mm. it in a little bit of context, can yeah. you share a little bit about your professional journey uh, and what oh, brought boy. you to the pro age, <laughs> the pro age um, woman? You have about eleven hours for that. I know. Um, <laughs> Maybe you just know, give you us know, the highlights because there's so much I'll, I want to talk about you, with you. Okay, yeah. Okay, so let's look at it from the Beatles song, "The Long and Winding Road." Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's been an extraordinarily long and winding road, and I mean long in the best of sense, not in a negative in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, I have been, and I think we've shared this, blessed with having worked for some of the most master brands in the world, um, best in class, best in fashion. And um, coming out from that and learning about branding and marketing and positioning, and which is a very thing that we're going to be talking about later on, the positioning in today's day and age, um, how did I get here? You know what? A lot of hard work, a lot of a lot of disappointment, a lot of success. One step in front of another. You know, I came up through the advertising agency pipeline. Um, sidebar: I met my husband and married Bruce. I actually married the boss's son, who was working at the ad agency that I was at. Well, that's yes. a little tidbit of information I didn't yes, know. I didn't share, but my, my husband, I actually, my, my father-in-law was my boss at a beautiful boutique agency, and we, we had the most delicious accounts you could have possibly imagined. And, Wait, um, I ha but uh, I, I have to, nope, I got to, I got to jump in. So here you are. Ahead, how old were you? How old were you when you were I was 20. I will tell you, I was 24, 25 when I started working at Canon Advertising Associates, and we uh, ran, the agency was blue chip travel business, all of Mexico and Italy, Chiga Hotels, Era Mexico, uh, the Me Mexican Tourism Office, and my husband, Bruce, who was then 
not my husband, was living away. He came back. He came into the office. He looked at me. I looked at him. I didn't really like him. He probably wasn't sure who the hell I was. And lo and behold, we ended up um, getting together on a photo shoot in Mexico, and that was the end of that. <laughs> I got married. So he was he was working at the agency as well. That's sort of how he that most, came to be. He, yeah, he was doing photography for the um, agency, and we went on a photo shoot. You know about those photo shoots? It's exactly what they say. And um, <laughs> we had, um, you know, I guess we could talk about passion and purpose, right? There it was. Um, but it was great. And I came back to the agency. But then, I, of course, I did leave because I ended up marrying him and then having my mother-in-law and father-in-law as my bosses did not work for me. Uh, went to a beautiful, beautiful agency called Bozell. Uh, worked there for many, many years. Um, I still have one of my cl closest and dearest friends, Andrea, who I met there, um, who's still one of my dearest. And then went the, the sort of the call that changed my life was the call from Armani's team saying they were building an office, uh, setting up an office. Would I come in? joined as uh, director of advertising and marketing and then went on to Tommy and Andrew Mark and on and on and on. Um, Chico's uh, and New just, York and Company. Just to, to slow you down a little bit, um, when you say Tommy, like, you know, mm. like everybody knows who you mean, you mean Tommy? Hilfiger. Yeah. Who you the man. actually, the man himself. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what's interesting yeah. and what I would love to share, just if you'd share just for a couple of moments, you know, these are very high-end brands, Armani, Tommy Hilfiger, the other, yep. some of the others. What is it like, because most people don't run in those circles and kind of understand mm. that world other than like, you know, we've all seen the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. Like, yeah, what's it really yes, like to, right. to run in that world? You know, that's a great, that's a dangerous question. I'm going to put it that way. I think that um, there's always a little bit of truth from that movie. Um, it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's, ter it's, it's terrifying. When I first started working at the for, for Mr. Armani, for Giorgio Armani, and flying over to Milan for my very first meeting with him, this is not, this is like meeting the Pope. Um, I was completely transformed. No red nail polish, no bright colors, no large jewelry, no color, everything head to toe Armani. And someone said to me, you know, he's going to look you up and down with those piercing blue eyes of his, and he's going to make your blood turn to ice. And I thought, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> um, but it was probably the most amazing, clearly one of my most amazing experiences in my learning about the art of branding and the art of marketing and using a very different lens when you are working on a brand like that. And then pivoting from the world of taupe and beige into working for Tommy Hilfiger, red, white, and blue, this man was amazing. He was um, open and easy, tough, yes, but willing to listen, ideas, no idea wasn't a good idea. Let's talk it through. Let's see how we can make it happen. He was 
amazing and taught me so much about the fun of marketing, the adventure of marketing, how to how to really bring it into every day and, and make it fun. And, you know, you can't get better than that. I, I think I worked for him for 10 years, 10 or 11 years. It was the best of times. Um, so, you know, I've been lucky. I've been privileged. I've had um, incredible tutors, mentors um, to teach me how to navigate through the world of marketing, brand presidents who I'd reported into who were tough on me, but pushed me, pushed me beyond where I thought I could go. So from that, I'm very, very grateful. And oh. that ended up in the world. And how did I get from there to the pro-age woman? Well, well but before, I, before, we get, yeah. before we get to that, I want to talk for a couple of minutes, uh, if mm-hmm. we can, about marketing because sure. and branding. And not through the lens of how you do it, because obviously you're the expert or certainly an expert in that, but that's not necessarily what the average person is trying to figure out, right? How do they brand whatever it is they're right. working on? So I ask you this complicated question. Oi, oi, as my mother would say, oi. So I, well, let me give you my perspective and then ask for yours. My perspective is there are sort of two ways to look at marketing one of which is kind of negative and one of which is really positive. So on the one hand, we use marketing in, the, in a negative context around this idea that people are trying to t- sell us stuff that mm. perhaps we don't need. The mm. flip side of marketing in a more positive light is marketing, I think at its highest level, is helping to introduce us to things that perhaps we weren't aware of that mm-hmm. can help shape our lives. Correct. So I'm curious, you know, kind of how do you balance those two things when you're the person responsible for the marketing? Well, I, you know, that's another really great question. But I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that really floats my boat in marketing and why it is a passion of mine and will always be, there's nothing better than be a, being able to create a tipping point for a consumer to go your way to your brand as opposed to going to another brand. Assuming you have a parity product, why would somebody want to buy your brand versus someone else's? That's the beauty of marketing. That's the beauty of building the romance, the story, the brand narrative, the benefits. All of that is ticked and tied in a beautiful package called marketing. The negative is, of course, you know, first of all, I wouldn't re I would never be re I would never work on a brand that I wasn't committed to, comfortable with, and felt proud. P is a big word for me, the P word, the proud word. I would never. It's just not my style. It's not who I am. So that would never happen under my watch, selling something negative. But the beauty is the consumer always has the right to refuse. I'm not interested. You can sell me whatever you Mm. want to sell me. Tell me whatever you want to tell me. Put a pretty bow on it. Tick and tie it any way you want to tick and tie it. But guess what? I ain't interested. That's it. They walk away. Um, and But from my lens, to being able to see how you can shift a behavior from A to B, to me, is what it's all about. 
And it's not only on I mean, you could look at it even from a friendship perspective. Well, you know, you want that person as your friend. What do you need to do to shift that tipping point? You want that one as your boyfriend. What do you want to do to shift that? I guess marketing is sort of overarching for everything we do. I don't know. But for me, from a biz, purely business, there's nothing better than being part of a team to create that tipping point so that that brand is purchased by the target audience. That to me is wonderful. I love it. Well, I loved what you said about this idea that ultimately the consumer has the power because I do think that sometimes we don't necessarily feel that. I think people feel sometimes that they're being manipulated by the marketing. And it's so interesting to hear someone on the other side of the table responsible for that marketing saying, from yeah. my perspective, you, the consumer, have all the power in the world. Right. It's a simple, it's two words. It's No, it's not even, it's one word, N-O, no. Okay, <laughs> so imagine a campaign where you're spending $100 million on or 200000 or five, fill in a blank with a number, and you know you've done the best you can. Well, then you have to try to explain that to your CEO who's saying, how come we didn't see the conversion? Or how come we didn't see this? Ultimately, it's going to be the marketer's responsibility because obviously we didn't tell the story smart enough, thoughtful enough, you know, price point. You, you know, it's, it's like a Rubik's Cube. Everything has to sort of click together so that that consumer buys into it and actually hits the purchase button. But at the end of the day, you know, they own it. They can say no. Um, and then it's incumbent upon the marketing team to say, why did they say no? And how do we get them to convert the next time around? You know, it's, it's like churn. It comes in, it goes out. It comes in, it goes out. So let's pivot our conversation a little bit to mm -hmm. the pro-age woman mm -hmm. and what in the world made uh, you abandon high fashion to talk <laughs> about the pro-age woman? Well, let me be very clear, okay? And I think this most, if it, the, the listeners will understand this. It's not that Celia chose to leave. I was told, okay, time up. Um, and I left a job um, after working for eight or nine years, not within the fashion industry, but in a premium space. And you know what? It was pre-COVID. Markets were shutting down. I had global um, I oversight on the brand. And I had to leave the company. All right. So that kind of made me think about what the heck am I going to do? Do I want to go back into fashion? Do I want to go back into jewelry? Do I want to go back into fragrance? Honestly, I didn't. Been there, done that. And I'm at a stage in my career where financially I was able to say that and not panic. Okay. Um, but what did I learn, Joyce? I learned that those people who were so eager to talk to you when you were associated and, and attached to a brand, all of a sudden weren't calling you back. So it was a huge, really a very, very difficult time in my life because when you go from being a leader to having no one call you back, it makes you really think about what the heck is going on with my life and where do I go from here? 
So, you know, I use these things. It's called the what I call the three R's. It's called hmm, reset, restart, refocus. So within context of how Celia does and Celia is, I'm all about strategy. I have to. Otherwise, I can't survive. So my re-strategy was resetting, restarting, refocusing my life. And at that time, a woman by the name of Mary Freshman. What? Celia, I'm laughing just because you literally were like, so, you know, I just made a decision. I had to reset and restart my entire life. So that's what I did. You know, you and that's, you call it. You know, I, many people, and I, I want to stop you in this part of the story for a moment because so many people get stuck at that stage. Mm. Mm. And my question to you, and you may not have an answer to this because maybe it's just how you're wired, but how did you move from crap, people <laughs> are not calling me back, yeah. to okay, I'm just going to reinvent. Like, here we go. Boom. You really want to know? Yeah, I do. I'll tell you. I okay. think. I'll you really you. want to tell me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really simple. His name was Frank Anthony Visconti, my father. My mm. father, who is my North Star and my sister's North Star and my brother's North Star, and I'm getting choked up because it's my dad, but he never ever let us move or away from a challenge or an obstacle and nothing was too hard for us to get over and he told us time and again and I hope my kids are on the listening to this because it's peaks and valleys and valleys and peaks and that's what life is about and when you're at the bottom you got to look up at the top and when you're at the top you got to think one day you're going to be at the bottom And I swear to you, Joyce, and my kids and my husband will verify this. It was my father's support. He's been dead 16 years, okay? But his impact, his influence, his control in a strange way over me is what pushed me through. And I had no choice but to listen to those words. And I aligned with Mary Frischman, who is the founder of the Pro-Age Woman, and we began to talk. And her passion about ageism, about combating invisibility, about shattering age-old and old-age perceptions spoke to my heart. And as I said earlier, You know, if I don't buy into it, if I don't believe in it, if I don't have a passion for it, I'm not doing it, not doing it. And this spoke to my heart. So we began to work together actually um, a year ago, actually a year and a half ago, because a year ago we launched the very first issue of The Pro-Age Woman. We had no idea. She has this vision. So how do we take this vision and articulate it across? the globe because there are so many women who are 50 55 plus who are aging out aging out who the hell says that right (laughs) no aging out of what (laughs) thank you 
aging out. This is nonsense. I was on the phone with someone about six months ago who said, I hate to tell you something, Celia, but aging out is starting at 40, 45. What the, excuse my vulgarity, I'm not going to say the word, but you know where I'm coming from. So she and Tracy, who is the art director, the three of us, it's just the three of us. It's like, you know, remember the book, Bartholomew Cubbins, the hundred hats of Bartholomew Cubbins? We wear so many different hats. I wear a, a, all right, I'm a revenue producer. I'm a brand builder. I'm a digital marketer. I, you know, great that I can do it all. And we put together this gorgeous magazine. And this gorgeous magazine, um, hang on one second. And this gorgeous magazine um, that speaks to women 50 plus, 55 plus, who have, um, a, a voice, a point of view, um, are, are, you know, viable women. Give me a break. You know, I get very <laughs> passionate about this. <laughs> and um, when you read the magazine, you see everything in that magazine, from the editorial touch to the, to the graphics, to the stories, everything is curated with a lens towards a woman 50, 55 plus. That doesn't exist anywhere. You know, go back to the days of Lear's Magazine and Moore Magazine and Mirabella Magazine. I'm sure you may have heard of some of those. And, uh, just you know, a few. <laughs> yeah, just a few. And what we're trying to do is give women a voice, an articulation, a point of view. You know, there is nothing so, worse than, go ahead. You go. No, no, I don't want. I don't want to interrupt you. Finish the thought. No, I was just saying. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're invisible. You know, there's nothing worse than that, especially, regardless. I'm going to change that. Regardless of whether you have come up through a, a professional life or not, but are you going to tell me that if you reach the age of sixty? People don't look at you the same way. People don't respect you the same way. People don't believe in you the same way. That's nonsense. It kills me. It makes me nuts. So, so my Celia, my, my passion. My, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You go. My my question is, how do you think we got here? Do you think this is a uniquely American cultural thing? Like, what underlies this? Oh boy! If you Again, have, if you have you an, know, a, you know, you know, I I don't want to have to say what I'm going to say, but I'll, you're going to probably think I'm nuts for saying this. A lot of it goes back to marketing. Hello, you know, which, <laughs> no, think about it. Think about I'm, you know that yep. the 18 to 34 year old is the is is the manna from heaven. That's your core customer. Of course, any brand, I don't care what brand it is, it, you've got to get them at 18 to 34. That was your number one primary demographic, right? Um, well, my God, once you hit 45, you were like falling off a cliff, like Selma and Louise going off a cliff, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I just saw the movie, which is why I brought that up. But in any event, um, there, there's that prevailing underpinning of 18 to 34 
okay, then we'll go maybe 34 to 45. But after that, no, 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 no. Nobody wants to talk to that consumer. Nobody wants to address that person. And women at 55 plus, they finally are at a point where their kids aren't living at home. Their kids are independent. They finally have discretionary income that now they can spend on themselves. So why aren't the big brands out there recognizing that? How is that possible? Good question. You know what? I, I, I really wish, Joyce, I had an answer for you. But it's because we've been trained our entire lives, you know, to to think youth, 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 young, 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 young. I mean, if, you, if you're not young, you're young at heart. But that Y word is embedded in everything. So when Mary was beginning to cobble her business together and take her vision, it's because she was so anti-ageism, hated the negativity placed on that. So, you know, that's why her mission statement became, right, shattering age old and old age perceptions. So how does that come to be today? You know, how do you, you know, counteract that? It's not any one. It's got to be an aggregate of people saying the same thing. People taking stock and saying, all right, listen, you know, we didn't die just because we turned 55 or 60. We still have relevance. And I think that's what the magazine, if I can just go back to that story, that's what the magazine is saying. We are relevant. If you comb through any of the editors who write for the pro-age women, they're all smart, thoughtful, intelligent, all successful. So, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to happen overnight. It's like we finally are able to talk about the M word, finally, men, menopause. Oh, my God. It was like, you know, what's there's a Yiddish term, a Shonda, a shame, whatever. Like, oh, my God, you can't talk about menopause. Well, guess what? October was all about menopause awareness. I went to two summits on it. People were able to talk about it, you know. But until we take those um, negatives out of the closet, and try to churn it and turn it into a positive. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I will tell you that I'll go down fighting for it because that's what I do. <laughs> so uh, actually, that, this, believe it or not, uh, we are coming to the end of our time together because 30 minutes mm-hmm. goes really, really fast. Real fast. I would, I would love, if you can, to leave mm-hmm. us with some thoughts around what we can do as women to start to help change that narrative, to help exert our influence and kind of claim our strength as a collective. That's a big one. You know what? I'm going to tell you that I, I wish I could come up with some pithy comment for you or some brilliant sound bite. But I can't. But I can tell you that we have to have each other's back, okay? Mm -hmm. We have to support each other through the good, the bad, the up, the down, the peaks and the valleys. Thank you, Frank Visconti. It's all about that. We have to really support each other because if we don't support each other and help move the needle, 
who is going to, you know, um, I can tell you that I do my, and I'm going to turn this back and pull this right back to the walking part of it. I'm at my best when my brain is free and I'm walking. And I'll tell you why, because that's when I, I don't have any barriers. I have no guardrails. I walk and I let my mind wander. And maybe, just maybe, if we all walked more and let our minds wander more, we might come up with that key salient way of of overcoming what we're what we've just been talking about. I don't know, but it's got to start somewhere. So for me, I'm going to put my sneakers on and walk it and see what everything happens. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I love that, but I, I think your point around us. Uh, Supporting one another is really key. And I, I would add to that, I think being our true selves and embracing yes. our authentic selves at every stage of our lives as opposed to uh, trying to fit into a different mold. And I, that's what I'm seeing more of. That's what gives me hope is I'm seeing yeah. more women showing up as their true self with all of the energy and all of the challenges that that encompasses. And I would agree with you. I think authenticity, um, at, regardless of at what stage you are in your life, authenticity is what's going to shine through. And, yes. you know, you can take a look at it from a marketing perspective, from a humanistic perspective, from your own self perspective. If you are not authentic to yourself, how do you become authentic to your children? How do you lead by example? How do you do any of that? You know, and I think that's something that um, I, I agree with you 100%. And hopefully, if we have another talk down the pike, maybe there will have been some improvements and some deeper engagements with trying to shatter these perceptions of, um, you know, being getting older and crossing over that threshold into the 55 to 60 year old uh, mark. All I can tell you is that I, um, my sleeves are rolled up like they always are in everything I do. And I will continue to battle this regardless of where the battle takes me. Right. Uh, yep. And I am right there by your side and I Good. have your back. So you let me know Thank how I and this community can support this work. If people want to find out more about you and the pro-age woman, all the things hit us. And we will put all of these links in the show notes for people who are out walking and just want to hear it in their ear. Tell us where to find all of the things. Oh, sure. Well, you could first follow us on IG on our Instagram. We have wonderful content great curated content we're excited about. Um, you can follow us on our website, theproagewoman.com. Um, our magazine is uh, on the, on the mag, uh, the, I'm sorry, the issue is appearing on the website. So you can find us there. Um, our new December issue drops this Friday. So we're super excited about that. And check us out there. Um, but I would say our Instagram is our, our number one um, uh, vessel, if you will, a resource, because Mary treats it with kid gloves, and everything that Mary does really speaks to this audience in a beautiful, beautiful way. So that's how you find us. And you can find me on LinkedIn. There you go. Perfect. 
Thank you so much for being here talking about these really important things and encouraging us all to roll up our sleeves because I think we can make tremendous strides if we work together. So thank you for being I, I here. I couldn't and agree more. Thank you so much for again. allowing me. Thank you for giving uh, me this uh, privilege. I appreciate this very much. Our pleasure. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay, ciao. Bye. Bye.